Hey guys, and welcome back to the newest episode of Top of the Hill. A little bit of time off, but we're back now and we have a pretty good show for you. It's about a week away from the draft. The draft is on Thursday night. It starts with the first round, so we're going to talk about all that action, how it relates to the teams close to home for us. And then there's a trade that we have to talk about that the Ravens and the Chiefs were involved in. We're going to take a look at some of the top prospects at the top of the draft. Just a little lighthearted, nothing too deep, not a lot of numbers or anything. Just kind of our takes on them. And then we're going to move along. We have to cover the rest of the sports world, mainly the the NBA. A lot's been going on. It's heating up towards the end of the season. It's going to be a good, relaxing episode this week. So that's that does it for my intro. We'll have more for you on the other side of our intro music. This is Top of the Hill. Hey guys, welcome back. The newest episode of Top of the Hill. I'm your host, Logan Hill, joined by my co-host, Tyler Kirk. And we've been away for a while, but we're back now. A little bit of Sunday night action. We got the Dodgers and the Padres on the TV by us, and we're in the studio. We're going to put something together. Before we do that, like I said, we've been off for a while. Tyler, how have you been? What have you been up to? How's life been? Stressful, very stressful, just school and work, but... Like you said, glad to be back. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Uh, just a lot going on. It's a busy, busy time of the college semester. So we're almost almost to the other side, though. It's almost summertime. Three but more weeks. Unfortunately for us, the sports world doesn't stop just because we got busy. So we missed, the, we missed some time, but we're back here, and we're back just in time to talk about the NFL draft, which is the biggest part of the NFL offseason. It's talked about from the day the season ends to the day it happens, and then it's even talked about after that. Before we even dive into what we are going to talk about about the draft, we have to talk about a trade that directly relates to it. Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs. Baltimore traded, or I believe this was on Thursday. It was either Thursday or Friday yeah. last week. So we're taping on Sunday. But Baltimore trades Orlando Brown Jr., a 2021 second-round pick, pick 58, and then a sixth-round pick in 2022. And the haul they get back for that is a... First-round pick, pick 31 this year. A third-round pick, pick 94. Pick 136, which is in the fourth round, and then a fifth-rounder next year. So when that news broke, I feel like a lot of Ravens fans were kind of just, like, scratching their head, and for a couple of reasons. And as those, as this podcast's resident Ravens supporter compared to being a Washington football team supporter, I mean, that's its own battle. But <laughs> um, everybody was kind of scratching, shaking their head about it. It's like, why would you give him up to your – Biggest rival in conference towards mm. getting to a Super Bowl. And while that does suck that he did go to the team that probably has the best shot at going back to a Super Bowl again next year in the Kansas City Chiefs, at least in the AFC, he was going to leave next year probably regardless. Yeah. He wasn't going to sign a deal as a right tackle. He wanted to be paid as a left tackle. He came out and tweeted, I think it was like two months ago at this point, and tweeted that I'm a left tackle mm-hmm. as a... Kind of, I guess, like an outsider, like because you don't support the Ravens day in and day out. I mean, you might, but like you would say your fandom's with Washington, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, so what it, What was your opinion of the trade? So my initial reaction, just like everyone else in our Twitter group chat, I thought that they, they didn't get scammed, but I thought they, they definitely could have gotten a lot more. I thought that the second round pick that they gave up was a huge mistake because... I just thought initially that for Lander Brown, they could have at least got a first, a third, and like a fifth round pick just alone for Orlando Brown. And then, of course, they got they had to give up that second round pick. But as I was thinking on it, and even you said that that was probably the best available option that they had. I mean, what we have like five more days until the draft. So you're probably right. That probably was the best available option. But so now thinking on it, I do think that it is a good trade. I mean, obviously we know that they're going to draft good players because they always do, but yeah. Yeah. Um I don't I don't know. I I agree. It sucks to see him leave because it yeah. felt like he was a cool like part like of the team. Like you said, he was going to leave regardless. He wanted left tackle money. He was played right tackle until yeah. he got moved to the left because Ronnie Stanley went down for the year last season 
And that's the other thing that kind of made me think about is it's like when the trade rumors started flying, everyone's like, well, think about how much we could get back mm-hmm. for Orlando Brown. Like as, but in reality, he's played he two time Pro Bowler. Like we should at least mention that. Yeah, Pro Bowler as a right tackle, and then went back to I believe Pro Bowler. Yeah, so last year and the year mm-hmm. and this last season, His the season last before. two seasons. Yeah. yeah, and so but he was a Pro Bowler at right tackle, mm-hmm. and then he's got switched over to left tackle for about. We'll say about half the season. I yeah. think, yeah. We'll just we'll we'll settle there. We'll settle on half the season. That's only eight games of work at left tackle. Mm-hmm. Is that enough to prove that you're a franchise left tackle and worth the world? That's the thing about like when Laramie Tunsil got traded yeah. to the Texans from Miami mm-hmm. is that he had been there for a while before yeah. that happened. He had established himself completely as a left tackle. So you're asking a team to give you a monster haul for a guy that they're not even 100 percent sure will be their left tackle of the future. And he very well could be in Kansas City for the next five, eight, ten years and be a great left tackle. But nobody knows that right now. And yeah. so the trade offers you're going to get back will reflect that, in my yeah. opinion. So I don't know. In the big scheme of things, if the Ravens come out of the draft and they use both those picks and they get two quality players out of it, it's the thing that, that people fail to like consider most of the time is that there can be win-wins in trades. It's yeah. not somebody's always a winner and somebody's yeah, a loser. The business side is why the Ravens might have might they might be able to come out as winners because mm-hmm. they weren't going to pay him left tackle yeah. money. So unfortunately, he's a great player, but he's not in the long term plans of the organization. And Kansas City, who you saw in the Super Bowl, lose did both of their tackles not play in that yeah, game, and you saw yep. how poorly that went. So they moved on from them, and they've kind of reworked their entire their entire their line. entire offensive line. So, but they got Kyle Long too, mm-hmm. and um, who else did they sign? They signed the other big guard in free agency. Yeah. The Ravens um, got uh, the, from the Patriots. Uh, Joe, is it, it's Thierney, either Tooney or Thierney, Thierney, Yeah, yeah. yeah so they completely revamped, overhauled that, that for their signal call. Now, so now that they do have two first round picks, the Ravens, would you like them to draft two players in the first round, or would you like them to use both those picks and draft up? Uh, or trade up. Yeah, I don't know. We were talking about it a little bit before we yeah. put the the headsets on tonight. And while while you'd love to dream and you'd be like, "We'll just use those two picks, trade yeah. up, and get an elite like star wide receiver, or tight end, or whatever you get." Like the reality of that is that's probably not going to happen. And also the thing that that stinks so bad about the pick that they did get from the Chiefs is mm. that it's pick thirty one. Yeah. So you have twenty seven and thirty one. You do have two first round picks, but you have two back of the first round picks which doesn't give you a lot of leverage to move up that high. Mm-hmm. You'd have to give up stuff from next year yep, and years exactly. later. So I don't know. They, You hear it all the time. They say the Ravens are just like so good at drafting best mm-hmm. player available. Except for receiver. Except yeah. for receiver. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the only one we can really even highlight was Torrey Smith, like, yep. which is crazy. But, I mean, Hollywood Brown, his story's not done being written yet. We'll find out. Give Very him a true. couple more seasons, I guess. He's only He just played his second, second year. Second, so yeah, so his two more at least. Third year. But... Yeah, so like they got Patrick Queen at, I think they drafted at twenty seven or they drafted yeah, high 20, last year too. Yes, yeah. Late so 20s. they got they got a starting middle linebacker at pick mm-hmm. twenty seven. So it's not to say that like if if there's a trade up spot there and you can get like a stud guy, of course entertain it. That's like the fan part in you that wants mm-hmm. to see it. But as just like someone that like watches the team and sees what's going on with the team day in and day out, I think that there is a little. Well, there's always a chance they trade back, right? Because yeah. the Ravens love to trade back and acquire more picks, and then mm-hmm. they get guys at different spots. So, But it would be cool to – because the draft – I like to watch the draft every year, at least try mm-hmm. to. It is a snooze fest at some points, and it is so long. So, yeah. like, the one year – I think I've talked about it on here before that the Ravens won the Super Bowl and then they picked at 32. Mm-hmm. I was probably, like, 13, and I stayed up the entire night watching back. every pick I didn't care about. No, they made a pick that year, but – one year uh, I watched. Two, was, yeah, yeah, no one year mind. I watched two, and they traded and out. They trade out. And yeah. then the the best draft they had, I didn't even watch. It was the night that uh, Avengers: Infinity War came out, <laughs> and we all went to go see it. And we're driving home from it that night, and I like get the Twitter notification: Ravens have traded back in the first round. Is the year they drafted Lamar? Uh, Lamar yeah, yeah. Ravens have drafted or have traded back in the first round. Trade with the Eagles. I'm like. What's going on here? What are they going to do here? Because they still had Joe Flacco. Yeah. I was like, I did not think QB was the move yeah. for the Ravens. And then they took Lamar. And it's been awesome ever since. Just That was a the, crazy The kid draft in you, the fan in you. Because I remember the Saints traded back up into the first round as well. And everyone thought that they were going to draft Lamar. And they didn't. They took uh, Marcus Davenport. Yeah. And then the Ravens trade up. I'm like, 
Yeah. There's no way they draft him, and then they did. Yeah, I was like, it's what? so crazy. And that was the the best part about that was you were just like, what are they gonna do with him? Yeah, because the offense at the time resembled nothing yeah, that nothing. it looks like at Not this even time. Close. So that was cool. But back getting back to today. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I'm not an NFL GM. Nobody asked me to make NFL decisions. They could get two. They, you would love to see a contributor on offense and a contributor on defense with those two picks. I would say mm-hmm. because you lost some people in free agency, and the talk is that you need a you need some new juice on offense. Go find somebody. So I don't know. We'll see. It'll be a lot to talk about. I would but, not be surprised if they trade back with one of those picks at least. Well, yeah. I mean, I was telling I you before we started. I was listening to uh, the Exit Fifty Two podcast, which mm-hmm. is the like uh, Baltimore podcast mm-hmm. or whatever. It's run. The, there's one guy that he went to Maryland. There's another guy. They actually, I think they all might have gone to Maryland. Oh, really? Actually, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I know at least two of the guys when it did. But they were talking mm-hmm. that at the last media availability, DeCosta, Eric DaCosta was saying um, he wants to add like something like 20 players mm-hmm. over the next two drafts, which sounds crazy, but at the same time it's not because the Ravens like routinely will get 10 picks somehow in a draft. So, and that can just, this is kind of just like you're seeing it in front of your eyes is like getting ready for when Lamar mm-hmm. is going to have to get paid. Yep, You're going to need guys on rookie contracts around him where you can fit because they have a lot of money invested in this team right now. Like on defense, Calais Campbell, Derek yep. Wolf came back. It's a one-out team for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's absolutely, and I feel like that's the business of the NFL. Is you yeah. always kind of have to, unless you know you're in a rebuild. Yeah, if you have exactly. the pieces, you have to kind of always mm-hmm. be in win now. But the Ravens have been so good at that without screwing over the future. Yeah. Aside from maybe the Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco contract, Joe, yeah. but I guess we could just relate that to the Super Bowl high. Mm-hmm. You were going to pay him whatever he wanted. Yeah. He had the, him and Joe Montana were the only ones that had ever They're in 11, 11 touchdowns with no interceptions. interceptions yeah. So that was crazy. Yep. But let's just move along to. Uh, the draft in general, and let's just we want to talk about some of the top prospects, and we're just going to look at the quarterbacks, the the big five, we'll call them, the five that are expected to go somewhere in the first top round. 10. Yeah, right. It, all, it literally could all, be the top ten, probably which is will, crazy. Yeah. But as just an NFL fan, that's awesome. You love a draft where there's a bunch of quarterbacks coming off mm-hmm. because that's the one position that can change your team so much here or there. And but, everyone's trying to trade up for him and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, things get, things get so crazy. And then they could turn out to be – Nothing, but you don't know that on draft night, so it's it's crazy. I mean, uh, we're going to talk about Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, and then we're going to take a look at some of the the skill players. Uh, it says wide receivers on our little prep sheet, but the one that we should spend the most time talking about isn't even a wide receiver in <laughs> Kyle Pitts. So those are just some guys that are going to be like, keep your eye out for them in like the first hour or so of the draft because they're all going to come off the board early and mm-hmm. often. So just... Let's let's start there. Let's start with the QBs. Is you're a Clemson fan? Mm-hmm. Sell me on Trevor Lawrence more than I'm already sold. What can you tell me about? Like, is it? It has to be a no brainer at one, right? It is. It's, yeah, it's, it's a no brainer. Yeah. Like, don't hand in the card as soon as the it's, draft starts. It's the Andrew Luck story of 2012. I mean, he everyone's calling him the same generational talent that Andrew Luck was, and everyone knows how Andrew Luck played out to be. I mean, he's what six six. He has a great arm, accurate arm. He's the best person or best player that you could find off the field wise. Like he's never gotten to a sniff of trouble in his whole entire life. He's a Christian boy, so um but I mean he just has it all. He has poise. He won the national championship as a freshman. That should show you everything right there. He's played even though in the regular season Clemson doesn't play the best opponents, when he gets to the postseason he doesn't slow down. That's a good point. So so you brought up Andrew Luck, and it made me just, like, think about something. How old do you think he is right now? Andrew Luck? Yeah. Well, I know, I'm pretty sure he was a senior when he graduated, so he's probably, what, 33? He's 31 years old. 31. And he's been out of the NFL since, since he's 29, maybe? Uh, I think he retired, now like, I gotta go to, now I gotta go. His career ended in August 2019, so he hasn't yeah. played in... This will be the second season he hasn't played, because yeah. he started the year before. And that's no. just... Wait. He he started even the like preseason and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He, he was around the, the team, and then, and then he retired, like, yeah. or he was like not playing, but he was around the team, mm-hmm. and he retired like at the third preseason game. Yep. But just think, you you said how like the Andrew Luck story. Well, to go back to that draft, the 2012 draft, it was the Andrew Luck RG three story because mm-hmm. they went one two. Yep. And so, just crazy that I mean I'm sure RG three Robert Griffin the third he's probably 31 or 32. Yeah, he's around the same age. So it's just crazy that. 
they should still be in the league. Like, not necessarily yeah. maybe the prime of their career anymore, but they should still be, like, heavy Andrew hitter. Luck would be. They should still be, like, he- well, if RG3 then, never gets injured, yeah, you, you don't it's know. a what if, so you don't know. But, but you, RG3 had one of the best rookie seasons. He's as 31 as well. And, yeah, so you would think history, that, like, so. imagine if. He never gets injured and never yeah. tears his ACL. And then imagine if Andrew Luck doesn't have so many concussions and everything that happened with him. Think about where the Colts and Washington would be as franchises. Oh, yeah. If they were, because they both, you're right, That those rookie years, they look like QBs of the future, mm-hmm. guys to build your team around. So, And the saddest part, I'm just going to say this real quick, the saddest part about the Andrew Luck story is that he never had an offensive line his whole career. And now if you look at them, they have, without a doubt, a top two offensive line. In the, well, Probably top three yeah. in the league right now. Yeah, yeah, it it's depends who you ask on a lot of yeah, that stuff. Yeah, it just it took them too long yeah. to build that line, but yeah. So it's it's that's a crazy thing, but that's a good point on Trevor Lawrence is he's a winner. Mm-hmm. I think he's lost something like two college football games ever. He's lost two regular – no, he hasn't lost a single regular season game in high school or college. Really? Yep. Yeah, and then he lost – well, they and lost he's in won, the, He's lost two – They uh, lost the championship to LSU, right? That's Yeah, they to played. LSU, and then, and then they, they lost to Ohio, to Ohio State, State last year. And then the, and then the only other Clemson loss he didn't play in yeah, via COVID, play. right? Mm-hmm. So that was a crazy game on its own. And I don't think but, he ever lost a regular season – or a um, high school game, like, in the playoffs either. Crazy. So, he he's looking like the guy. Oh, I didn't bring my. I have a Jaguars hat. I've had a Jaguars hat. I got it <laughs> since twenty eight. Okay, nobody will believe me. I've been supporting since twenty eleven. No, I believe. Yeah, Blaine Gabbert was the quarterback yeah. of the Jaguars, and Maurice Jones Drew. That's who I really liked. I liked Maurice Jones Drew, and they played the Ravens. They beat the Ravens that night. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I tell this story all the time. They beat the Ravens that night, but they they had a terrible record. I was like, everybody like nobody. Likes this team. I'm yeah. gonna like this team. They're pretty cool. And then I got to see them play in the AFC Championship game. You, in me, and Brady were the only ones at the beginning of that season that said, "Watch out for the Jags this year." And I they actually, <laughs> they actually came up. I mean, I had just kind of said that every year. Well, that, yeah. Then it actually works. So, but so now, like, it'll be cool to see them. Hopefully, Urban Meyer's there. It's just kind of a cool time to be a Jacksonville Jaguar, just with everything that's kind of changing there. Mm-hmm. So, and just imagine if the Jets were picking at one instead of the Jaguars. I feel like people aren't scared for Lawrence to go to the Jaguars. But if it was the Jets at one, every everything you would hear Everyone would be, be they're going to ruin his career, yeah. don't go there, force your way out. But that brings up the biggest question is, which one of these guys do you think deserves to go at two? Two New York, probably. They're definitely probably going to draft a QB. They're drafting Zach Wilson. Yeah, I think so. Sure I think that's who it's going to be, too. But... But isn't that I, I'm okay. not sold on him, honestly. I'm, I'm gonna really not. full disclosure, I don't know a ton about Zach Wilson. I, I know He played at BYU, I know, so yeah, why he, would you? He played exactly. He played at BYU. He came back. He was gonna leave or something and then he came back and mm-hmm. played another year. But he looks like he could be a serviceable quarterback. I just wanna know kinda how Justin Fields just fell out of favor. Because it happens to someone every year. They fall out mm-hmm. of favor. It just sucks that he was the guy that fell out of favor. Because now he's there. talking about being the fifth one drafted when he was going to be the second one drafted, mm-hmm. which is crazy. I think everyone's projecting him at, like, the fourth. I think everyone thinks he'll go be- before Mac Jones. But Mac yeah. Jones. Well, he's the one. Okay, like I just said, there's somebody that drops every year. There's also somebody that climbs somehow every year, and Mac Jones has been that guy this year. There's talk it's that he weird. could go at three. Yeah, a lot. I don't see a lot of people are saying that the Falcons are going to take him. I don't think they are. I think at they four. Honestly, I think they're going to take either – Oh yeah, the no, no, 49ers no, the Niners, Niners three, yeah. yeah. I think the yeah everyone's saying that the Niners are going to take Mac Jones. I think they're going to take Justin Fields or Trey Lance. I don't okay. think they're taking Mac Jones. Have you heard? Uh, what if they took Kyle Pitts? We'll get to him later. Nah, there's wouldn't no, that be crazy? There's, if they do that, I don't know what I'm going to do because they traded so much just to move to up get to there. number three. That's a good point. If they do not. Pick a quarterback. I will be. I don't even know what I'm gonna say. Honestly. <laughs> but think about it. George Kittle on one side, Kyle. I Pitts mean, on the yeah, other. it's gonna be OP. But like, <laughs> and obviously, okay, Jimmy Garoppolo took them to the Super Bowl that one year. But like, yeah, come on now. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> okay, but getting back to the crazy. quarterbacks is, like I said, I don't know a lot about Zach Wilson. He could come in and have a ten-year career mm-hmm. as a pro. Or he could come in and have a one-year career as a pro. I did see the highlight of him throwing that body, or I'm across sorry, throwing that ball across his body. Yeah, that was insane. To the like, he was turned one way, threw it to the opposite pylon or something. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. So, I've heard a lot of people compare his like mechanics to, to Mahomes, which is I think that yeah, I don't know. 
But then again, no one thought Pat Mahomes was going to be who he no, was. No, I was thinking about I was thinking about that the other day too. Is no they did. drafted him at ten? I think. Yeah, he they went traded at 10. up. The tra- yeah, yeah, they up. traded up, and everybody. Yeah, they thought I. I don't know who they thought was going to go there, like in general, but they took Mahomes at ten. Watson went at twelve, I think. Yep, he did. And so, exactly, Mahomes sat on the bench all of his rookie year because he started the last game. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure, and then league MVP, Super Bowl champion, five hundred million dollar player like yep just like that crazy so it only takes one team to believe and do mm-hmm. the right things and pull the strings the right way you need the right coaching staff, exactly which of course andy reed was but so talking about a guy that might benefit from going to the right coaching staff or the right organization the most out of all these guys it's got to be trey lance right because i feel like he is the big unknown oh in this yeah, draft yeah, because he, he only is. played one game this year he yeah. went south dakota state in the mm-hmm. fcs it's where carson Wentz came out yep. of a couple years back but Apparently, he's supposed to be really good. I don't know how he can be this high with only one game of tape. I know they're using his season before mm-hmm. like as his metric or whatever, and he threw so yeah. many passes with no interceptions. I don't, yeah, he didn't throw any interceptions. To me, if I was an NFL GM or if I was an NFL free o- or front office, not mm-hmm. free office, um, I don't know. I would be more sold on a guy that I'd – it's a what have you done late – what yeah. have you done for me lately league, and that's like the biggest epitome of Except that. for quarterback. That's the only thing. And – when it comes to the NFL, like look, I th- I I'm comparing not not comparing him to Josh Allen, but when Josh Allen came out of college, because he went to a small school in um, Wyoming, Wyoming. He went to Wyoming, and like he didn't have all these big stats, but he's a six six guy with a huge and they, arm. Yeah, they knew he had a cannon. Yeah, arm. and he he threw a lot of interceptions. His accuracy wasn't that good, but he has a big arm, and that's what Trey Lance has. So I I feel like they're the same way. I think that's okay. why everyone's so hot. A lot of quarterbacks that come out of college that don't have the accuracy, but they have a big arm and they're big, bulky. That's that's who GMs love to draft. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And I mean, you can you can fine tune and you can work on accuracy. Yeah, you, you can can't work, really. But you can't teach size. You can't and, teach and size, and you can't really teach arm strength. If you can throw at sixty yards, it's not like you're going to go to the NFL and train your throwing exactly, for a year yeah. and then throw at seventy five. Exactly. So it just once you reach a limit. That's it. Okay. So, I mean, that's kind of, we moved through Trevor. We talked about Zach a little bit, and then we just did Trey. Do you think Mac Jones lives up to the hype, or is some of, you have to ask the question, is some of his hype coming from the fact that he played around a bunch of first-round picks at Alabama? So my thing is, I think Mac Jones is in the right situation. I guess you could say that about any quarterback, but I think Mac Jones is going to be the second best in this draft class. I can see it. I, I understand what everyone's saying about, like, Oh, he's overrated just because he's thrown all these first round picks. But what's different about playing in the NFL? That's a good point. Most of your receivers, not not that they're all first round picks, but like they're the best of the best. You know what I mean? So I don't really agree with the whole throwing all these, you know, the best receivers. I don't know. I th- I think he will get it. I think I think he's like a Matt Ryan, if that makes sense. Okay. So, yeah, I can kind of understand that. So that's the only reason why I could see Kyle Shanahan drafting him because obviously he played with uh, Matt Ryan at Atlanta, but I don't think he's a third overall pick. It, and then, well, we talked about Lamar uh, like a little while ago, and that is if that's not the epitome of a QB can be as good as you prepare him to be mm-hmm. with what you do around him. If and Mac Jones is more of a I don't want to say gunslinger, but more of like a drop back mm-hmm. throw quarterback. He's not a dual threat like Lamar. Yeah, is, but no, no. any of these guys, if you draft them and you and you say to yourself, "This is going to be our guy for the next five mm-hmm. years." That's how long we can have him on our his rookie contract. And then you do everything you can within your organization to do something that will give them success. Any one of them could be the best. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If Trevor Lawrence goes into Jacksonville and then they try to do things that he's just not aren't his best strengths, he'll struggle. Yep. Whereas this, let's say like. Zach Wilson goes to the Jets, and they change their whole offense to make it work for him, and then he is having great seasons. Like, that's the thing that doesn't get talked about enough mm-hmm. because you can't do it until it happens. Yeah. But there's guys that get drafted, and after that night, they never have a shot. Yep, They don't have a chance. No. I mean, I agree. S- Sam Darnold even could, like, almost be floated mm-hmm. into that conversation. I think he's going to be great. I think, he is a, I think he is a good player. I liked him coming out of college uh-huh. and just – the Jets have just been a dumpster fire, mm-hmm. and he was the one there to shoulder the load. Yeah. They didn't ever do anything to try to really get better mm-hmm. around him. His running back was Frank Gore. Frank Gore <laughs> has been playing since 1942. Like 34, 35. Yes. 
So <laughs> I don't know, but that that uh, we have to wrap up. We talked about him a little bit already. Is Justin Fields, and he's yeah. a guy that I fell in love with this season mm-hmm. at Ohio State. Is he going to be the greatest quarterback of all time? Probably not. I think he can be a good player. I, I think do, yeah. he's coming in. I think that Lamar, and if you look at NFL history, I'm sure you could find somebody else. You could say Vic. You could say Robert Griffin the third. Lamar has brought the dual threat back into favor around the league. Yeah. Back into, like, it's the kind of hot thing. It's it's pretty cool. And because Fields is coming after him with his dual threat mm-hmm. skills, that will give him a better chance to succeed than if yeah. Lamar had never come into the league. That's you know very what true. I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, but the Ravens kind of gave the blueprint to everybody else's. If you want that kind of player to work good in your system. You have to work around them. You have to or work you, with them. You have to build the system so yeah. it works through mm-hmm. him. Exactly. So, I don't know. And he could suffer to some of the same things that we could say about Mac Jones is playing around all the best players in college. Like, yeah. is he maybe not as good as we think, or is mm-hmm. he? But I think he's. If he didn't have a chip on his shoulder before, he's probably got one on his mm-hmm. shoulder sure. now. So I think that bodes well. And that's really all I have on the the. Like I said, we're gonna call him the Big Five, the five quarterbacks that are supposed to go in the first round, maybe mm-hmm. even the top ten. Do you have any like closing things on any of the guys that you didn't get to mention or? Nah, not really. Yeah, so I mean, it's just gonna be interesting how this and plays it, yeah, out. Yeah, no, it feels like a really QB hungry draft. So we could see six quarterbacks, seven. I I'm gonna look right now. How mm. many is the most you ever seen in taken in one first round? Oh, I have no. I think it's five or six. I think it might be six. But there's never been there's never been four consecutive quarterbacks taken. So like one, two, three, four. And I think for sure the first three are going to be quarterbacks. So it's really just depending on what Atlanta does because a lot of people think that they're either going to trade a or draft a quarterback or they're going to trade um, – someone's going to trade up to that spot and take a quarterback. Okay, so it looks like it was six. And okay. it says six quarterbacks were selected in the first round of the 1983 mm. NFL draft. Oh, wait, was that the one it's, with – this draft produced seven Hall of Famers, including yeah. three of the quarterbacks drafted. That was the Dan Marino and um, John Elway, and John Dan Elway, yeah. and Jim Kelly. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Three yep. of the six quarterbacks yeah. in that draft. I'm going to see if I can pull up the whole draft to see which six quarterbacks it was. Because in 2018, it was five. Five went in the first round. Okay, so it was John Elway. That number one, right? And then Dan Marino was like. Yeah, John Elway, well, he got drafted by the Colts, and then he said he yeah, wasn't going to play Yeah, and then he didn't want to play there. Um, no, there's these numbers. Oh, this is what years. Yeah, John Elway went first to the Colts out of Stanford, and mm-hmm. then it was Todd Blackledge at mm-hmm. 7 to the Chiefs, Jim Kelly at 14, mm-hmm. Tony Eason at 15, Ken O'Brien at 24, and then Dan Marino at 27. Mm. So that was the that was 1983, and then there's been – the second most was in 1999 with five quarterbacks in the first round. So How it, many? Five. It oh. was uh, Tim and Couch. And then 2018 – Tim Couch, yeah, that one's just not on my list right here. Tim Couch, Donovan McNabb, Achilles Smith, Dante Culpepper, and then Cade McNown. And then in 2012, there was four, which I guess because like that was one of the first years I really paid attention to the which NFL. Which one, 2012? 2012, the RG3, RG3 Andrew, Andrew Luck. Who else got drafted in the first round? I want you to try to guess. What team? Uh, one of Okay, one of the quarterbacks is out of the league completely. One of the quarterbacks still plays, but not for the team that drafted him. The team that drafted him was the Miami Dolphins. Oh, uh, Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, That's right. and then yeah. the other one was Brandon Whedon at 22 to the Browns. Oh, Brandon he Whedon. was like 29 yeah, 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 when he got yeah. drafted because he went back to school yeah. and played baseball I or something. I do remember that. So that's just a little bit of NFL lore for you ahead of the draft. It should be a good draft. There's a mm-hmm. lot of talented guys coming out. There's going to be a lot of game changers on offense, on defense. I don't know. I'm very excited for it. But I guess that's all I have. That's all I have on the quarterbacks. Let's talk to the skill players for a couple of minutes here. The four that we have on our list that we want to talk about. Kyle Pitts, who I've already mentioned. Jamar Chase, wide receiver out of LSU. Devonta Smith. I'm sorry, Devontae Smith. I always <laughs> pronounce it wrong. And then Jalen Waddle. Both of those guys are from Alabama. Which one are you most excited to see in the NFL? Jamar Chase. Me as well. I think. Me as well. Especially, the thing is, at first... Like, once the NFL season ended, I was like, why is everyone putting Jamar Chase over Devontae Smith when Devontae Smith just won the Heisman and Jamar Chase took off a year? You and, and, I, argue, then, you and I argued about yeah, this back then. And then, like, a couple weeks or a month or two later, I'm like, I'm so stupid because I'm a Clemson fan, so 
I literally watched the Clemson versus LSU championship game, and Jamar Chase burnt. Um, oh, why am I forgetting his name now? The corner who plays for the Falcons now, AJ Terrell AJ Terrell. Terrell. He burnt him so bad. That's pretty good. I just had that one up yeah, here. Look he literally killed him that game for like three touchdowns. What year was that? Twenty nineteen. Yeah, twenty nineteen. He killed him. And AJ Terrell is the number one corner in the Falcons, and he had a really good rookie year. So if you put that into perspective, right there. Well, that's the thing about Jamar Chase, and this is why we argued about it, is because he set out the season this yeah. year. But he, he was I the best wide receiver it. in football. I'm pretty yeah. sure he won the um, as a sophomore because mm-hmm. he came out as he's a junior yeah, this he year. Couldn't I declare, yeah. Which I don't blame him because the, obviously LSU was a dumpster fire last year because they lost all of their players to the draft. So I don't blame him for not playing. But like, I was just so confused at first. But he also has the oh, that size, was 2020. the speed. Oh, yeah, the championship yeah, yeah. was in 2020. Yeah. The size, the speed. He just has everything. So I'm really eager to see how he's going to fare and after having that year off. I, I'm super excited. Yeah. I just, okay, one, he has a really cool name, Jamar Chase. That's just a <laughs> number one wide receiver name. It's a DeAndre Hopkins, Facts, uh, Julio Jones, Calvin Johnson. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, got, I have the Wikipedia page pulled up right here. I'm going to try to find some stats. No, that LSU offense was crazy. Dude, yeah. Crazy. Thaddeus Moss, Randy Moss's son. I know. Yeah, the Washington football team just got him. Ooh. I wish I, Oh, here we go. Here we go. Um, Jamar Chase led LSU in receiving in that game. He had nine catches for 221 yards and two touchdowns, two touchdowns yeah. in the national championship. And okay, all he, of them were on, like, yeah. A.J. Terrell. So... I'm I'm very excited to see him. After watching Devontae Smith tear it up this year, I'm excited to see him too. Mm-hmm. Waddle was hurt. He was in and out of the lineup. Yeah. He, he looks like he'll be cool. But then Kyle Pitts, man. So what is your take on him? Because on, all right, obviously on who? Kyle Pitts. Okay. Obviously he's a great player, right? Do you think he's being just a little overhyped? Absolutely, but that's just draft season. But like I, I understand. It's that, because like, okay, why? because he has the size and he has the speed. But I don't think he's gonna. Pl- do you think he's gonna play tight end in the NFL? I think so. Really? I do. He's. I, I don't think they're gonna move him to receiver because again, how I just talked about how Justin Fields is in a good spot because Lamar kind of uh, blazed the path for him. Mm-hmm. You can use a tight end, a tight end like that. He fits into the category, at least what they're projecting him as is he'll be a. Travis, Kelsey, George Kittle type weapon. Whereas, like, you can flex him yeah. out and have him run your yeah, receiver. I but you can so, also right. put him in on the formation. And that that's, like, getting into the X's yeah. and O's of it. But I just think he could be a game changer. Uh, yeah, I, I, I watched that. a couple of Florida football games this year. They were just on, and I had him mm-hmm. flipped on or whatever. And the one game I watched where I didn't really know who he was, I'd seen him in – I play a lot of, like, franchise and stuff on Madden. So I did, like, a – you could pull a draft yeah, that somebody yeah, yeah. made, and so I drafted him one year, and I was like, who is this guy? He's really <laughs> good. And then I watched him play in Florida. He had, like, two touchdowns in the first quarter, mm-hmm. and just nobody could guard him. So yeah. I'm going to look up his measurables right now because this he's is exactly like, why people like are falling six, in love with six him. He's, like, 6'6", or six, five. And my thing is, like, he's he's very long and very He's six he's foot six, strong. 240. You don't think he can play tight end? <sighs> yeah, that's true. He is 240. <laughs> but the thing is, like, a lot of that, like, all of that is muscle. My thing is, it's like, he he was a really good blocker at Florida, but of course it's going against college teams. So my question is, will he be able to block the ferocious DNs in the NFL? That's a good point. Because he's not as wide as Travis, Ke- not that Travis Kelsey is a good blocker, but like George Kittle, George Kittle is wider. So okay, that's my that's question. A, that's a good point, but how often is the responsibility of the tight end they're sending an edge rusher and he's the only one there to block him? Most of the time your tight end's chipping or he's helping. He's not always. He's not. Yeah, that's a good point. It depends. And on like the play they don't type. rely on Travis Kelsey that much because he's not a great blocker. But like Kittle, they rely on him a lot to block. Because, but he's also like he's you, by far the yeah, best. Yeah, you might disagree with end. me, and you played more football in your life than I did. Doesn't a lot of blocking just come down to almost like a mindset or a mentality too? If you want to do it, you can be okay. It's at more it, in like. form and stuff. Yeah, I believe I believe but, in form and stance too. But yeah, but, but like if if he's in oak. Like you said, he was a good blocker at Florida. So if he comes into the league and he says NFL is also different. It is. It's a completely. It's a, completely, it's a different beast. Yeah. But he's got the measurables. So if he mean, comes yeah. in and he's like, I want to be known just as good. At, I want to be known for being just as good at blocking as like I George am for Kittle, being. Yeah. Exactly. He could do that. We That's never fair. know. And again, it all depends where he falls, mm-hmm. what they want to do with him. 
I just think he'll be very exciting. I think he might be yeah. the best skill player. He's at least being talked about as the best skill player oh, in this yeah. draft. It's not even close compared so, to the... But then you ask about him people. being able to play in the NFL at his size. What does that make you think about Devontae Smith? Yeah, I have question marks on that, too. I mean, I don't think he was ever really hurt. Or at least he never missed a game in college, Devontae Smith. But, yeah. like, I, yeah, I don't know. He is. It's so scary because the thing is... Look at Deshaun Jackson because they have like a similar similar weight. Yeah, I, think I, I saw a stat a while ago. And Deshaun like, was like one seventy. He's or, he's listed right now on Google six foot one, one seventy four. Yeah, so him and Deshaun are like the same weight and size or whatever. And Deshaun is always hurt. He never stayed healthy. Yeah. So, like that's my question because when you have a body that size, one seventy four, and you take a big hit from a two hundred sixty pound linebacker like how are you gonna stay yeah. healthy for 16 games no, that's, that's a good point i don't know and it might just come down to like almost like tyreek hill like he's just faster than everybody yeah. so who knows you never know what do you run in his 40 do you know uh i can tell you oh i didn't even mention it on the last thing when i googled kyle pitts he ran like a 438 no, no the it was like the, you know the section on google where it says people also ask yeah there was two things and i didn't read the second one but it was just like how fast is kyle pitts that's all it said <laughs> so i guess like yeah, I think he ran like a four three eight. It was like some insane. Devonta Smith forty time four point two seven. Yeah. See. Yeah. So. So he's fast. He's gonna have to be like a Tyreek Hill. Yeah. So I mean, that's him. And then Jalen Waddle's kind of just the forgotten man because mm-hmm. he was in he was and out injured. of the lineup for Alabama, but he could come out and be just as good as Devonta Smith. Yeah. He so, has great route running too. He's like a Jerry Judy who came out a year prior. Last was last year a good draft for receivers, or was it the year before? Yeah, last year. Well, I mean, they had they had Jerry Judy. Um, yeah, last year was um, last year was a good year in general. What's his name? Oh my God, on C. D. Lamb, Justin oh, Jefferson, Justin Jefferson, C. D. Lamb. Yeah. So I did, they I remember reading about it last year is that they were saying that last year's draft was a good one for receivers. This one's probably be better, but somehow this one might actually mm-hmm. be even better. I so, think so. I mean, it's going to be a good year for skill players. I mean, we talked about other guys that we could see going later before we started taping because. And, of what we're going to do next. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But Go that's ahead. another thing about Jamar Chase. Justin, he was better than Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson, and look what he did on the Vikings this year. Yeah, he had a legitimate shot at For, rookie of the year. Yeah. Yeah. As a receiver. One, so, like, one that should tell you all football. you should know about Jamar Oh, my Chase. goodness. Like, we have not even done a podcast in so long. I forgot to mention this. I should have mentioned it at the top of the show. Guess who won... The March Madness bracket in our brackets that we put together. Uh, I don't, uh, I don't Yours know. truly. No. I'm too good at so. this. I'm too good at this. <laughs> so, full disclosure. I've said full disclosure a lot tonight. Yeah. But we we got to make, it was $10 a bracket, and you could make up to three. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm definitely going to make three. Like, just give myself the best shot. Normal me would have somehow picked the same team to win it in two of the three brackets. But I almost actually picked one with Maryland winning it all, and somebody was just like, Dude, why are you going to waste money on Yeah, that's what I said. I, I, said, I said, why are you wasting money? <laughs> I said, I'm going to ride with my guys. <laughs> and as much as I wanted to, that was a good point. So I went back, and the bracket, that bracket was my Illinois bracket, which fell apart anyway, mm-hmm. so it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Then I had a Gonzaga one. And the last one I made, I made it on the day that the tournament started. And I was like, all right, well, I picked Gonzaga in the last one. Let me just pick Baylor to run this one. And so somehow I had it lined up with the le- with the championship game left. I was winning first place either way because my Gonzaga bracket and my Baylor bracket were, were one in, and two. One and two, yeah. yeah. So it would have been cool to lock up one and mm-hmm. two, but I would have had to pick the same winner for that. So that was really cool. But I also he talked about it on here is I wanted to bet the games and stuff. Mm-hmm. That went so terrible. It went so poorly. I mean, so, you only lost like what forty. I, I ended up losing somewhere between forty and fifty bucks, but I won the money back for the bracket. Yeah, so it true. ends up being a moot point. But that is what it is. Let's move along. The last draft talk we're going to do, just real quick, and then we're going to wrap up our show, is I want to hear your dream scenario for the Washington football team. You'll do Washington. I'll do Baltimore. We'll mm-hmm. give it a little bit of a local flair, Maryland area podcast. And you said they pick at 19. Yeah. NFC Washington. Beast division winners. Yep. Where would you like to see them go at 19? Um. So I've been seeing a lot of talk about this, and I agree. I think – that they probably will and should go with either linebacker or offensive line, depending on who's on the board at the time. Um, I would love Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. I think that's how you pronounce his name, but he's he's a linebacker in Notre Dame. He's a beast. I love him and um, 
what's his name? From Penn State, the linebacker. Oh, Michael Everyone. Parsons. Yeah, Michael That's Parsons. who they yes. have mocked Michael him on CBS yeah. Sports.com. But I don't I think I feel like Michael Parsons is gonna go earlier. So I think sure. just from watching last year when the Ravens got Patrick Queen, I think the thing with um linebackers, at least middle linebackers, is that what Michael Parsons is a middle linebacker is the outside linebacker? I'm not sure what he pl- I think he played outside linebacker in college, but I'm not sure. Gotcha. Well at least what I'll say is that he took last year off. It seems like unless there's a run on middle linebackers at the top. Yeah. They'll stay on the board for a mm-hmm. while. Because Patrick Queen was the best player on the defense on the championship LSU team, mm-hmm. arguably. Well, the thing with him is, is like, he, he was undersized. To, no, I think, he, well, because he had only played or started one, one season. full season. Gotcha. And he needed a lot of work, so he needed to be in the right in the right scenario, which, gotcha. of course, with the Ravens yeah. he is. But, yeah, so I would love to see them go either linebacker. If they got a linebacker and their defense is just... Amazing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, Chase Young. Um, yeah, I mean, their whole defense, because they improved at corner this year. Um, and then, so their secondary is good. Their D-line is obviously amazing. So linebackers are really only question mark on defense. And then um, offensive line. But the thing with offensive line, there's not a good amount of players that would be drafted in the first round. So they will probably, I think that they would probably lean towards getting a linebacker in the first round and then getting a, off, you know, filling in the offensive line needs later on in the draft, as long with, uh, or the same thing with quarterback. I think they'll probably draft a quarterback in the second or third round. Gotcha. Yeah. So I mean, I'm just gonna do it for the first round. I'll do my dream scenario for mm-hmm. the Ravens, but they have two picks now. Yeah. Twenty-seven and thirty-one. We've talked about it. I I probably fall into the same boat as every single Ravens fan, Ravens supporter out there is. At least now, like. It makes even more sense. You have two picks if you stay with two of them in the first round. Take a swing on a wide receiver. Yeah, they need to. <laughs> I mean, Terrence Marshall from LSU, Terrence Marshall Jr., I believe, mm-hmm. is he's been mocked a lot at twenty seven to the Ravens. Whether he's on the border, he's not. He's like six foot four, mm-hmm. coming from an SEC team. Throw him in the mix. Mm-hmm. Maybe it works. You don't know. I mean, we talk about how bad they always miss on wide receivers, but one of them has to stick eventually, I feel. It can't just be all bad forever, right? So I would love to see them try and swing for the fences again like they kind of tried to do with Hollywood Brown back in 2019. Mm-hmm. Whether that's paid off yet or not, yeah. we can't decide. I just don't think he is necessarily... He's not number one. I, exactly. I don't think he's the right piece yeah. for um, what this offense needs. Mm-hmm. He's a great receiver. He's fast. He's good route runner, route runner, however <laughs> you say it. I, I You can say it either way. But then, okay, so if you swing for the fences with pick 27, at pick 31... Add somebody on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Add a defender you think can make an impact early on in the season. Maybe not in the secondary. Maybe you don't need it there, but you lost a lot of edge rushing this year. Matt Judon walking away. And then Yannick Ngakwe also uh, parting ways after being traded for midseason. So, I don't know. It all depends how the board shakes out. And we talked about how the Ravens draft best player available. I would just like to see... It would be nice to see the fireworks continue because that's what yeah. the last two years of being a Ravens fan have felt like is it's like all these fireworks after there was the Super Bowl and then it was the down period, and now it's just, like, exciting well, like and entertaining. you want more than that, right? More than fireworks? I mean, because they're winning now a team. Like oh, absolutely, I do, so. but I would like to see the fireworks continue in the draft is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. So, like, hopefully if you get a good haul out of the draft and you come into this season, you said we were, we were an off night in Buffalo when we lost in the divisional round. Mm-hmm. We take our team back and we have our center figured out, our mm-hmm. – uh, snapping figured out, our offensive lines put back together. Mm-hmm. We had a good receiver in the mix. I mean, you have Sammy Watkins out there now. He should help. Oh, yeah, I forgot about but that. But then you add another guy into the mix, and the defense continues to play the way that it did. Mm-hmm. I think I think we talked about it on like our first episode, is that their defense is always going to scare me because they play yeah. full intensity, mm-hmm. like full pressure at all times. So you're all, you're asking teams to try to light you up, and mm-hmm. sometimes they do it. But I don't know. I think as long as they don't have a bad draft, which the Ravens rarely do. They'll stay a, among the top of the AFC. Yeah. And hopefully this is the year. If they, Okay. They play the Chiefs in the regular season, I'm pretty sure. Probably because they both... Oh, wait, no. No, they didn't. Yeah, Ravens didn't win their division. Hold on. I'm going to double check. But if the Ravens and the Chiefs play in 2021 in the regular season, if the Ravens beat the Chiefs in that game, the sky is the limit. Because that's the monkey off your back. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
that like might be like a hot take or it might like sound a little crazy. But if you can beat the best team in the AFC, like why yeah, can't but we do it again? The regular season. No, I know. I, mean, I know it's yeah, different. It, okay, I know what you mean because it does give them like they're a lot they're more hosting confidence. the Chiefs in twenty twenty one. Exactly. It's just like so the confidence. A, yeah, thing. it's a mentality thing. Because yeah, if, I, I, okay, if I you lose again, then it's like yeah. Maybe they're just better yeah. than it's us. It's like the Steelers with the Patriots when Tom Brady was still in the Patriots. Exactly. Like, they could never literally beat them. Exactly. Yeah. So that's my dream scenario for Baltimore, and that about does it for our NFL draft pre-coverage for Top of the Hill. We're going to wrap up the show. We're going to talk about some NBA storylines, and we'll have that for you right on the other side of this sound. All right, let's wrap our show. We did our draft coverage. Let's talk some hoops and then get us out of here tonight. Like I said, it's Sunday night. I got to go to bed soon. Let's talk about the Western Conference. And let's start with our personal bread and butter, the Los Angeles Lakers. And why is every fan in the NBA, outside of people that actually like the Lakers, saying that the Lakers are in trouble because they're in the fifth seed? Oh, no, the Lakers aren't as good this year. They're in the fifth seed. I don't know how. I can say it till I'm blue in the face. The Lakers, as long as they were going to make the playoffs, did not care where they fell in amongst the crowd this year. They had 77 days between the start of the next season and when their finals run ended. When you could say, whoa, so did the Heat. The Heat are like 11th in the East right yeah. now. <laughs> I actually have it in front of me, so I will tell you. The Heat, I'm sorry, they're 7th. but still They, 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 they started off really yeah, bad. They though. were not that good a while ago. And they're 7th, but the East is wide open. Yeah. So they could fall. They could go. They could get pretty high. But just coming back to the Lakers, and something I heard it on but in the pregame before their game the other night against, I think it was against the Mavs, is before Anthony Davis and LeBron went down, Anthony Davis got hurt on Valentine's Day, February mm-hmm. 14th. They were in 2nd in the West. Yeah. So it's not like... They've been behind all season. They were there. They just lost their two best players. Yeah. So that's weird. But just looking at it right now, and it seems like the Jazz are probably just going to figure out a way to win out and get the first seed. The Suns will be a close two mm-hmm. as long as they don't slip down the stretch because then the Clippers are right there. And this year, if you're a Clippers fan, if you support the Clippers, you have to be so happy with this year because last year they did all the talking, they did yeah. all this, they did and all this that. Year they're not Lakers anything, and Clippers yeah. in the Western Conference Finals. This year they're just kind of keeping to themselves mm-hmm. and playing winning basketball, and that is a dangerous team in the postseason, especially a team that has Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And I don't know about you, but I don't understand where all the Paul George hate comes from. He used to be one of my, he used to be my favorite mm-hmm. player yeah. back in the day in Indiana, mm-hmm. but. I get it. He had a down year in the playoffs last year, but he's still a solid two-way player. Oh, I don't yeah. understand that. He's still the one of the best in the league. So I think it came from when Dame hit that uh, game-winning that game winner over. Sh- yeah, and then ever since then, like he just and then of course him. in the in the uh, bubble last season, everyone called him Pandemic P because. Uh, he was terrible. Oh my in the god! No, you remember nothing. that one where he bricked off yeah, the side? That's of that what court? I was just about to ask. That you. was terrible. <laughs> I was like, bro, how? Yeah. So then after them, it's the Nuggets who they're going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Jokic is going to win the MVP probably. But they don't have Jamal Murray. They anymore. lost Jamal Murray, so like that's your second star. Mm-hmm. How far are you really going to go with so just Jokic? If, if Jokic can carry, yeah. we'll see how far it can go. But I just kind of think the writing's kind of on the wall for them this season. I just don't – because most of the other teams have two guys – and Jamal Murray was your second guy. I mean, Aaron, you have Aaron Gordon now. You have Michael Porter Jr. But none of those guys were as good as Jamal Murray. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how things fall out with them. And if things ended today, they'd be playing the Lakers in the mm-hmm. first round. So I don't like Jokic's chances against Anthony Davis and LeBron, both healthy in the playoffs. Yeah. So that is what it is. But after the Lakers at 5, we have the Mavs at 6 right now, and then the Trailblazers at 7. Then the Grizzlies at 8, the Spurs at 9, and the Warriors at 10. So just for anybody that might not understand, there's a play-in tournament in play this year. So the 10, the 9, the 8, and the 7 are going to be involved in a play-in tournament. And the way I've come to understand it is the 7 and the 8 play, and if the 7 wins, they're in the playoffs, and then the 8 gets to play the winner of Uh, the 9 and 10. And if they win, they're in the playoffs, but if they lose, the winner of the 9 and 10 goes to the playoffs. So it's almost like a double elimination, Mm -hmm. at least for... The seven and eight seed for the seven and eight seed, and so I think that'll be interesting. But I don't know—is there a team that? 
you want to know what's really weird is the Pelicans are 11th, and I feel like whenever I watch the Pelicans, they win the games that I watch. Really? Which is really weird. Every time I feel like I look, they're losing. I, I feel like they're losing when I see it. Like, I probably, well, I don't watch all their games yeah. all the time, but, like, I'll, if I check in and I'm like, oh, look at the Pelicans mm-hmm. going right now. They'll be winning, and then I'll check back later. Oh, they lost by 20. Oh, they lost by 30. You know what I just thought about? What? It would be really unfortunate. if So, obviously, the Suns are going to make the playoffs. And then what if in the first round they have to face the Lakers with fully healthy uh, AD and LeBron? That would be so unfortunate for the Suns because yeah. I want the Suns no, to get No, and that's far. what I was going to say is uh, Garrett and I talk about all the time is if the Lakers can't go back, make it Phoenix because yeah. the Suns are the coolest – one of the yeah. coolest teams oh, in yeah. basketball. I, oh this yeah, year. I wanted to be. It, yeah, if the Lakers don't make it, I 100 percent want the Suns to make the or win the championship. So that would be sick. Chris Paul would finally get his ring, mm-hmm. and which is D-Book. really cool. Is this the? This is the first time Booker would make the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think he's ever made it. I believe it, yeah. so. And then DeAndre Ayton is like DeAndre almost, Ayton. Yeah. He's the forgotten man to like the casual NBA yeah. fan. Jay Crowder. Jake. Jay Crowder. Uh, I was watching. They were playing uh, the day Bridges, they played the Nets. Mikael Bridges. I think, yeah, Mikael Bridges. Uh, Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson. And then they have Javon Carter, the guy from West Virginia, West Virginia the bald yeah, guy. The bald guy. They have a bunch of other pieces there. Yeah. But So let's just talk about the, the rest of the teams. Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry. He's Ball been on with. a tear. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for me, I decided I was going to write a little, little top-of-the-hill article about how much of a tear he's been on. I mean, I'd watched like four nights out of the and last then, seven where he had, like, 30 points, 40 mm-hmm. points, all these three-pointers, 18 points against the Wizards that night. Yeah. Not a good look for top of the hill. We move on. I don't believe I'm the Steph Curry jinx. He never even read my story. He doesn't follow me on you Twitter. He probably have... doesn't know who I am, and that's a good thing because I don't want to be known as the Steph Curry jinx. He can only have so many consecutive good games, though. That's, I mean, no, that's a had, good point. Didn't he break the record for, like, most three-pointers made in uh, Like, four ten, games? five games. Yeah, probably yeah, all the like spans. That. I don't it know. It was, like, three game, four game, and five games. He had... This is insane. This month, he's had two games with ten threes and two games with eleven threes. And to per- put that in perspective, there's only... Or the... So, Curry has, like, 30 games with... I have the stat. Do you want yeah, the actual stat? Yeah. 21 career games with, with ten, ten plus three-pointers made. And the next closest is six Clay this season. Five. He's six of them this season. The next person career is Clay with it's five Clay. career games. So that's crazy. crazy. And that's even crazier in its own right that one and two is Warriors players. Yeah. So Well, he's tied with a bunch of players, but yeah, yeah it is still, insane. So that's really awesome. Moving along to the Eastern Conference, because I don't want to we could talk about the NBA all day. I've been watching so much basketball lately. The New York Knicks are back. <laughs> the New York Knickerbockers. That's what they were back in the day. Knickerbockers. Uh, you always wonder where the word Knicks comes from, but they are in fourth place in the Eastern Conference. And it's so weird because it feels like two weeks ago I was saying that I wanted to see Nets and Knicks in the first round, the battle for New York. <laughs> but now it could be the battle for the first seed in New York. Who knows? No, it's probably not. Nah, ne- yeah, Nets are... Let me dream. Let me dream. Julius Randle, Tom Thibodeau, Derrick Rose, R.J. Barrett. Mm-hmm. It's a fun time, and... I think it's good for the NBA when the Knicks are good. Yep. Same way it's good for the NBA when the Lakers are good, when the Celtics are good, when the Top Heat are good. Yeah. The, the premier franchise is the best teams. It's cool to see the Knicks be good. And even as good as the Nets are, the Knicks are New York's team at the end of the day, through and through. So it's really cool, and I like the brand of basketball that Thibodeau – he brought his brand of basketball to New York, and I think it's a cool, like, crossover mm-hmm. to see, like, New York with the grit style yeah. of offense and defense – Julius Randle's the perfect guy to have be your main, your star player there. Mm-hmm. Really just awesome, and it's cool that they're definitely going to make the playoffs probably. Yeah. I don't see any way they don't. But Did you see that picture where it was like, uh, it's crazy how a couple years changes things, and it was the Nets, the Bucks, and the Knicks were like the bottom three teams in the Eastern Conference. And then, of course, this year, all three of those teams are in the top four. Yeah. So, and that was only like five years ago or something like that, four years ago. And they were bottom three. Yeah, so I don't know. The Eastern Conference is like everybody just says the East is bad. But it really is because one, compared two— Compared to the West, yeah. Yeah, compared to the West because one, two, and three have 41, 39, and 37 wins. And then the Knicks have 34. But the eighth seed in the East right now is 30 wins. So, I mean, I guess they all kind of fall evenly. But the thing about it is, is like they're in the Western Conference, there's— five teams with at least 35 wins already. So it is it is what it is. The last NBA basketball news that we need to hit on right now is 
Lamelo Ball is a robot. I don't know. He was he like broke his ankle or something and was out no, for was, the year. No, it was his wrist, right? His wrist, yeah, yeah. it was a wrist. He fracture. fractured his wrist, yeah. Lamelo Ball, and it said he was going to be out for the season. Yeah, Woj said that he was going to be out for the season, and then what? Like last week or whatever. It says, look, two days ago from L- Lonzo Wire. That's what it says. Watch, Lamelo Ball works out pregame, nearing return for Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> Yeah, what? <laughs> so who got it wrong? That's what I want to know. What, How do so you... that was like a month he was yes! out? That's insane. How do you go from missing the rest of the season to only a month? I don't understand. It, makes no it sense. says, all right, this is from, this is LonzoWire.usatoday.com. That's weird. Okay, after a week of rehab since having his cast on his fractured wrist removed on Monday, LaMelo Ball is nearing a return to the lineup. I I just don't know. You don't see. You don't see that. You don't see them say that, going to be done for the year and then they say they're coming back like that doesn't happen but i want to see Lamelo ball in the eastern conference playoffs so i am not complaining <laughs> i just don't get it but yeah that's all i have i mean do you have anything on it besides just no, like i just thought it, yeah i thought it was insane yeah so i mean that about does it for us right a little bit of more nfl talk to sneak in right before our top of the mm-hmm. hill takes before we finish up tonight is the new jerseys they're changing Players are going to be allowed to wear pretty much any number they want. I mean, there's certain Except for like linemen, yeah, there's certain yeah. like restrictions and stuff. But Patrick Peterson, the first big one to name what he's going to wear, and number he signed seven. with the Vikings this year. He's going to wear his college number from LSU, number seven. Here's the catch twenty two. I feel like I said that already. I just I love my go to terms. The catch twenty two <laughs> is if you've ever heard about players just wanting to change jersey numbers even before this, is they weren't allowed to do that until they bought the inventory of the jersey in their current number. That rule is the same. Yep. So guys aren't going to be this season. Guys aren't going to. You're not, probably not going to see a lot of changes. Mm-hmm. Guys with money will. Guys with the big fat contracts that want a different number will. But next year you'll be able to do it with no charge or whatever. Yep. So that's when everything's really going to change. But interesting for the game. It'll be an interesting change. Who is the one player that you would want to see switch to a different number? That's a weird question. But if you could just pick one guy hmm. and just see them like being a different jersey than you're used to. I'm not sure actually, but. I will know that number three is always like the top dog on the team. So really, and yeah, every every single player for the most part on every NFL team, whoever's wearing number three, they're gonna be the best player in the team. Okay. I do know that. I would love to see Defon, uh, Defon, Stefan Diggs in number one, but I think he said he's not gonna change it. I saw somebody tweeted. Oh, I think Tory Smith tweeted. He said he wants to see two yeah Terps receivers in single digits. Mm-hmm. That would be cool to see a wide receiver. DJ Moore, one. he yeah, could DJ wear number Moore. one too. They both wore one at Maryland. Yep. For football, at least your best receiver at Maryland typically wears, wears one. one. And the crazy thing is in lacrosse too. Really, your best offensive player typically one. wears one. It's like the most storied numbered in all. Mm. And that's just my little Maryland lacrosse throwing. They're undefeated for like the first time since I think it was 1979. They beat Hopkins yesterday in a thriller. That goalie goal. Oh, two weeks ago against Ohio yeah, State. Yeah, that was, that was a crazy. I wanted that game because it was the last home game of the season. Yeah. And I've been able to t- pick up a lot of games because there just hasn't been a lot of people this year. That, of course, was already filled up. So I said, man, it's okay. Because <laughs> I got to go home. I had worked that day anyway. So yeah. I got to go home and just chill out and watch the game. But I I did um, some work for the spring game yesterday for uh, one of the accounts that I'm a part of. And so I just watched the lacrosse game afterwards. And... I was watching the I was watching it the whole way and then I like went to go do something in the third quarter and I come back and Maryland's down thirteen to twelve. They've won all their games pretty much easily this year. They're down thirteen to twelve. They get the craziest goal to tie it up. No, first before that even happened, I literally was in awe because I played defense when I played lacrosse in school and stuff and growing up. This defender threw the craziest pass. He threw it like all the way down the field and you just don't see that. Mm-hmm. But the crazier part about it was he was gonna lose to the shot clock. You had to get it over yeah. in a certain amount of time. Right to the attackman stick on the other end. He just caught it, made a move, and then they set up their play. That's it was crazy. crazy. So that's my little Marilyn McCall shot of the week. <laughs> Undefeated. Going to enter the Big Ten tournament feeling good. And the Crab Trophy comes back to College Park. <laughs> and they become, like, the third Maryland team ever to beat Hopkins twice in a season. But they're just Dang. playing They're playing all the Big Ten teams twice this year, so that's why that mm. was possible. That about does it for our show. Wrap up with our Top of the Hill takes. Should we make them NFL draft-related? I was... Thinking about making mine, yeah. Okay, I'm okay. Here's mine. There will be at least four trades on Thursday night. Okay, that's my top of the hill take. The Thursday night is the first round. That's all they do on Thursday. There will be four trades made, not counting trades that have already been made. There will be four trades that happen during the draft. That's my top of the hill take. I like that. Mine is 
so okay, so the first three are gonna go QB. I think there's gonna be a shocker team to trade up and take one of the quarterbacks. So I think the top three picks are like set in stand. Or well, the third quarterback we don't know for the Niners, but I think there's gonna be a surprise team that's gonna trade up into the top ten and take one of the you know, last two quarterbacks yeah. on the board. Well, I've heard talk that the Eagles might still want to trade. I think they're at six right now. If they do that, they're actual idiots. And they might want to trade back. They're idiots. So, I guess we'll see. Oh, oh I thought you meant take a quarterback. No, that they might want to oh. trade back. I think, they're at, I think they're, they, they're at six right now. They are, Because weren't yeah. they at three? No, they were at six. The Dolphins were at three. I don't know. Oh, no, the Eagles are at 12 now. Oh. Yeah, because the Dolphins... Yeah, so the Dolphins were at three. They traded to the Niners and got number 12. And then the Dolphins trade with the Eagles to move so up. So the to Eagles six. are at six, and then the e- or the, the Dolphins, Dolphins are at six, and the Eagles, Eagles are total. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm pretty sure I heard that rumored somewhere. But like I said, that does it for us this week. Uh, good to be back. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed this episode, and we're sorry we missed you over the last couple weeks. But we're only human, <laughs> and that was a long point just to get here. But that does it for us this week on top of the hill.